Welcome. Welcome to St. Joseph's Radio on the St. Joseph's Evangelization Network. And we're here for another wonderful episode of The Stones Will Cry Out. Now, you may all know of that passage in the Bible in Luke 19.40. When, when the, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, he knew what was going to happen to him, but everybody else didn't, and they were proclaiming the glory of God. And you might recall the, the disciples and some other people, just bystanders, were laying palms down, so we get Palm Sunday. And they're saying, Blessed be God in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees turned to Jesus and said, Stop them. Tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, If I tell them to be quiet, the stones will cry out. And of course, this is an episode of The Stones Will Cry Out because each one of us has our own personal parable. A parable is a, is a, is a theological story or a moral story that's told into the world not exclusively by Jesus, but pretty much by Jesus. So each one of us has that parable to tell Jesus into the world. And many of you already do this. Many of you already are ready to give the reason for your hope, as Peter says in 3.15. So we should always be ready to do that. So today I'm, I'm really excited and quite happy to have a dear friend of mine, Jason Fry, come in here and have a cup of water, a cup of coffee with us, and just talk about what Jesus put on his heart, his personal parable, that if he doesn't say it, the stones will cry out. So Jason, welcome. Great to see you, my friend. Uh, Jason and I are, are, are parishioners together at St. Joseph's Church in Cottleville. Mm. We've known each other since the spring of 08, yes. uh, which is a long time, yeah. which is a long time. And I thought maybe we'd start out uh, today by uh, uh, maybe teasing the audience just a little bit about what God's put on your heart in like a sentence, not exactly like we're going up three floors in an elevator and you only have that time. And then I'm going to ask you a little bit about how you came to be here in your spiritual life. Is that okay? Yeah, that sounds, okay. sounds so, great. So, so I got on the elevator with you. We're only going up about four or five stories. Nobody else is in here. And I want to know, what is, what is Jesus, what's this Jesus to you? And what's that talking about with me? Yeah, you know, when I think about Jesus in my life, I think about faith hope, and love. Oh, the three and theological the virtues. three theological virtues. And, you know, I'm just grateful. It's a really important thing for me every day to see God in other people. The glory of God is the human person fully alive and to see how he impacts me in my life and how he provides a guide for me and for my family. All right, well, that's, see, see, now we got to the fourth floor, and I got off, but now I want to keep going with you up to the rest yeah. of the floors in the elevator, yeah. right? And, and I hope other people listening, too, will, will also, because we all need a little more faith. We yeah. all need a little more hope and a little more yeah. love in the world. And, and many people, including myself, forget that it's inside us, too, right? Yeah, that's true. So, Jason, uh, I know a little bit about your history, but I don't think you're, we're here at the uh, Archdiocese of St. Louis, the Rome of the West, as I've heard, mm. but you didn't come from St. Louis, did you? No, I grew up in a small town in North Dakota, up on the, on the prairie. My dad grew up on a cattle ranch, um, and so I spent uh, my younger years out uh, you know, with uh, cattle and in town, and uh, it was a wonderful place to grow up. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, so, so what what called you on into your life? And was your family always kind of a religious background or yeah. spiritual in their life? Okay. Um, well, you know, I came. My parents were uh, mixed faith marriage. My dad converted from 
uh, Lutheranism. And the Fry family was Lutheran back probably to the days when Luther nailed the... Got his nails out. Na got his nails out. Um, and my mom was Catholic. And so we always, I uh, was a cradle Catholic and born, um, you know, and in the 70s when I was growing up, you know, my formation in a small town was there's no Catholic school. Um, and it was really uh, CCD class is what we called it on Wednesday afternoons after school got yeah. done, taught by really uh, enthusiastic, you know, high school volunteers. So we had a lived faith in our family, but I, I wouldn't say that I was super well formed growing up. And then through, you know, God kind of coming into my life in a lot of different ways. I went to the Naval Academy and was part of the Catholic Midshipmen's Club there. And you really started running into other people who um, grew up in just really, really rich Catholic environments. It was my mom grew up that way. You know, she went to Catholic school. And um, the other thing that was really interesting about that is, you know, the Academy is a place where um, values and faith are taken very seriously. So, you know, there's, there were Catholic chaplains and really of really high quality, and I started to grow in faith there. Was that a little bit of a surprise to you when you went into the academy and, and, and mm. found that environment? No, no. Okay. It's okay. part of what attracted me to the place. Oh, really? Okay, Yeah, cool. there's a huge chapel, and it's, in, it's a really dynamic environment because it's a reflection of the country. So there's Jewish chaplains and Protestant chaplains and Catholic chaplains, and every now and again, uh, you know, they'll have Muslim service. And I remember going to a Seder meal with our Jewish midshipmen. It was just a wonderful, wonderful place in looking back. A good place to grow. Okay. It was the right place for me at the right time. So, so um, uh, how, how did that propel you to the next part of your life? Yeah, so I went into the Marine Corps after, um, after I graduated. And, you know, we deployed... Uh, when I was new in the Marines on a six-month deployment to the Western Pacific. And I was on a ship for six months, and the Catholic chaplain for the battle group was on our ship, and I went to Mass every night for six months. Oh, was that the first time you have been able to do that much Mass yeah. in a concerted period of time? Yeah, for sure. What did that do for you as you were going to Mass and, and, and immersing yourself in the, in, the, in the Last Supper? Yeah. You know, it really, when you're able to have the sacrament that often, it becomes a much bigger part of your life. If you're listening to the, the readings and you're participating in the Eucharist every day, it becomes a lot bigger part of, I think, just who you are on an ongoing basis. Certainly going once a week on Sundays, you know, you can get the same thing. But just having that as part of your normal rhythm every day, it's kind of like a little midget liturgy of the hours, you know, if, you, if you're a daily mass goer in that you just, um, Christ becomes present. Isn't that isn't that true? I know I'm, I'm, you're going to look at me and say, well, yes, Mr. Obvious. But, you know, going to uh, church every Sunday, wonderful. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Hopefully people prepare for that before they go yes. and don't just walk in it early and leave early. But having said that, uh, if you were working out with me, and and I wouldn't work out with you. I already know how strong you are. But having said that, if if, if you were working out with me and we worked out once a week, we'd be in... We, well, we're in better shape than I am right now. But we'd be in pretty good shape after mm. a while. But would we be in the same shape if we worked out three times a week? Right. right. Would we be in the same shape if we worked out once a day? Even if it wasn't as concerted as it was uh, that once a week. And our, mm. our bodies are telling us something about our spiritual life, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's a good pattern for us. You know, you can see in the... the uh, it's a sacramental thing, right? There are visual and physical things for us to touch. 
Oh, uh, our yeah. body is an indication of our spiritual life, so it's awesome how they come together. Yeah, the Catholic Church doesn't separate the two like the Gnostics, no, right? right? Exactly we, right. We say, hey, this is, this is, this is who we are, right. and we were made this way on purpose, right. image and likeness of God spiritually. And so so uh, now you've, 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 you've had six mm -hmm. months of a, of a, in a way of retreat. You had duties, right? right? But in a way of a retreat with Jesus and the sacrament, yeah. what was that like then um, after that for you? You know, what, yeah. what, how did that, when you had your next deployment, how were you able to carry that with you, or were you? Yeah. Well, I was, and it's fascinating how, if I look back on my life, it's this conversation. When you look back and you can see it, it's a conversation with Christ in my life. Would you because, call that? Would you? I'm, I'm getting yeah. back to to uh, the stones of cry out. You know yeah. the the conversation aspect because I know you a little bit. That conversation aspect, and you say that has continued on. Is would you call that a a pillar of your spirituality? I would say so. Yes, because yeah. it, it as I look back at the right times in my life, the right things happened, and in an order that you know you certainly I had to participate. You know you're, you're growing and and learning. But all of the things kind of hit at the right amount of time. So six months of, of this retreat, uh, when I got back, uh, shortly after I returned, I got engaged to my, my wife and started formation, got married a year after that. And so I, I transitioned and had another sacrament come into my life and grew in my faith more. And it was important um, um, that, that we were both Catholic. Faith was a really important part of our marriage. We went um, to the Mission San Luis Rey, Mission St. Louis the King in California, where we did our pre-cana, um, not knowing that we would someday end up in St. Louis. And, you know, that made me grow in a whole new way in my faith. That was another chapter. Uh, and then we deployed overseas uh, for another um, deployment with the Marines, and that was to Iraq in 2003 in combat operations. And that really has a significant change, too. You know, you, you went the chance of your life ending is imminent, faith becomes really important. The theoretical things uh, become a lot more important to you really quickly. They say there's no atheist in a foxhole. Yeah. Well, your, for all your, faiths. Your faith, was, well, your faith was important to you. Uh, your, your wife's faith was yeah. important to her, and you both grew in that faith. Were you still carrying on this conversation with the Lord? Yes. And how, how does it, just so I know, because I... I I, if I hear how your conversation is with Jesus, maybe I can mm -hmm. recognize his voice in my life. What, what was it like then? Uh, we, we're going to get to where you are now because yeah. I, I can tell by your hair you're, you're not just out of the, the military last year. <laughs> not last year, but, no. But what, what would you tell me if you said, this is how I heard Jesus, this is how I can hear Jesus yeah. in that conversation? Well, you know, you, you, you for me, um, waiting, I've been, I've been very fortunate, waiting to hear the small, still voice, uh, you know, and, and that blinding flash or, or, you know, this really clear voice from on high is nothing that I ever expected or has, is, has happened. I find Christ day to day in the world. And I like to call, I'm a Marine at heart, and so I like to call it the Holy Spirit two by four. So there's times in your life where you're going along and it is just blatantly <clears throat> obvious that you were meant to be in a place at a time um, for a reason. And so if you're aware of that and you're seeking uh, to find God 
in your life, if he's at the center of what you're doing, then you see him and you respond. And so, you know, you look, you look back and um, you know, going to pre-Cana at a mission that then ends up, you know, kind of reflecting into the future for coming to St. Louis or meeting when you get back, you know, the right Catholic woman at the exact right time or being stuck on a boat for six months with a very holy man who is a Catholic chaplain. There are things that have come into my life, and I've been very fortunate just to step back and recognize them and take advantage of them and let, let that kind of soak into me and, well, and grow. If, if I'm listening to you close enough, and may, maybe what keeps ringing in my ears, yeah. thank you, Holy Spirit, is, is that you, um, you developed or had helped with developing reflection in your life. Mm. And the ability to reflection helps you see things that you wouldn't otherwise see. Yes. I, I will tell you, just, just uh, uh, for, for a little edification, our world is fast. And yeah. there's so much that gets in my yeah. way, day to day, week to week, that moves so fast that if I didn't have a time to reflect, I wouldn't be able to hear that still small voice of God. Or, right. or I wouldn't be able to right. see how that other person is God coming to me even though they don't look at all like God in my image and don't, don't sound like God, but mm. God is either asking me to reach out to them or allowing them to, to feed or, or heal me. And I think that's great. When yeah. you're talking about being in, the, the, seeing that God is in the right place or you're seeing where, where you were brought to a place with God, do you remember that part in uh, the book of Esther where... Do you remember Esther? She was mm -hmm. a she was a princess mm -hmm. in this court in which there was not any uh, any. They were trying to kill the Jews. In fact, one of the court had head honchos convinced the king to kill off all the Jews, and uh, I keep thinking it's Malachi, but I may be wrong. Anyway, comes to her, which is her uncle, and says, "You have to go to the king." She says, "If I go to the king, he'll kill me." And he goes, "You have to go to the king. If I go to the king, he'll kill me. If I step out with Christ, we know that in our life something will happen to us." Usually it's good, right? Mm -hmm. What happened when she did? He turned to her and he turned to her, Malachi turned to her and said, who knows that you are not born for a time like this in the kingdom? Right. And when you're talking to me, you keep saying about, looking back, you see where, who knows that you were not born for a time like this yeah. in the kingdom? Yeah. So then you were deployed into a war zone. Yeah. Let's use that as our theme as you go into the war zone. Who knows? that you are not born for a time like that in the kingdom. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, a good point. You know, things happen in your life for a reason. You grow in faith for a reason. And if you're wise enough, you gain wisdom as you maybe gain a few more gray hairs or see the world, and um, you can hear it more. And so I was over in the war in Iraq and was injured. I, the Humvee that I was in, was struck by a rocket propelled grenade and it amputated my right arm. And on the battlefield, in extreme circumstances, you know, I had just been injured. Um, it was literally, we were in the middle of a huge sandstorm and in the Fertile Crescent. We were not too far from the city of Ur um, in the Bible when these sandstorms roll through. They cool things down and it'll rain. It's a very humid place. And the raindrops will pick up all the sand in the air and it'll rain mud. It actually rains little drops of mud. And so 
we were out of our Humvee, on the side of a road, in a ditch, in a firefight, getting rained on, in a sandstorm. And strangely, in that moment, um, I was injured and non-combatant at that point. I found peace. So in all this swirl and everything going around, I, I don't know how close I was to passing at that point. It was a serious injury. I lost a lot of blood. Um, I was getting great medical care from my corpsman. But I remember um, leaning back against the, the sand berm that we were by and thinking, okay, I'm not in charge. And I had been the commanding officer of a Marine Corps artillery battery. I was very what was your rank at the time? A captain. Oh, captain. Wow. Yeah. I was very used to being in charge. So it was okay. my job to be in charge. Um, and I remember leaning back and saying, okay, I'm not in charge anymore. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm thousands of miles from home. And, you know, this could be the last day. And, and I felt this wave of peace come across me. You know, my eyes were closed. And I knew that things were going to be okay. And so in this most swirling moment of all of my life, the most extreme moment that I've ever had, that many people can ever have, you know, that uh, was a time where I, I feel like I had a very close relationship with God and I found peace. And he, he gave me that and he gave me confidence and he gave me hope. So, so we've been talking about how Jesus tells his parable mm -hmm. into the world. And I guess the peace that you exhibited was how he was trying to sh fill you with that peace. If, yeah. if I remember, you may remember where in the Bible that is, but in John, Jesus says after he is resurrected, he comes into the, uh, the upper room. Mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of met each other in a right. sort of an upper room. Right. It's upper a different room. story. But having said that, uh, doesn't he say something like that? Yeah. My, peace, my peace be with you. Yeah. My peace be with you. Yeah. Not as the world gives peace, do I give peace. Right. So was it a different kind of peace for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it really was. I mean, I don't know how else to. It, it wasn't detachment or uninterest or like I don't care what's going to happen anymore. It was. Well, I'm sure as a captain, you were vitally interested in what was going on. Things are going to be okay, and it was a bigger feeling than just you know in the next ten minutes. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was a. It was a. a Maybe a little outside of time, peace. I don't know. Like there was a bigger sense of things will be all right. And I, I was married. I had two young children at the time, a three-year-old and a two-year-old, who I had left back in California. Who you know, you're thinking I'm never going to see him again. And um, no, I knew at that time it would be all right. So, so if if someone else is is listening to this story and go, oh, that's that's great for you, uh, Jason, yeah. and I'm so glad you got peace. What would, you what would you want to tell them about how they can have that same peace in their life? Yeah. Well, you know, that's, I think it's being open. I mean, I was in an extreme environment, but I think that the reason that I was at least listening or I thought of it, certainly, you know, it wasn't my doing. It wasn't Jason shaping this. I think it was a moment of grace. But so often we have grace in our life that we don't see. And I think opening yourself up to see grace in the world, to look for Christ in your life, and to be grateful for the things that you see. And so if you think, and this is hard for Marines, because we're very um, self-centered and action-oriented in a lot of ways, if you think that everything that happens in your world are things that you shape, 
they're all a direct result of your effort and the things that you do. Oh, most of us feel that way. And if that is if that's your worldview, then it's it's a curtain. It'll be hard to see all of the graces and the things that other people are doing for you and that Christ is doing for you in your life. And so first I think, you know, getting God into the middle of your circle. I talk to my children about that. Like who's in the middle of your circle? Is it you or is it God? That's is a that really a Marine Corps thing, the circle thing? Just it, is, so I know. it is like a, it is like a, you know, okay. like a who's, yeah. who's, you're, who's. You're circling the, the wagons right. here. Right. Okay. Um, is it God or is it you? It's a really digital choice and it changes day to day. You can't be, you know, one way or another. Um, it's something always to pray about. Once you put God in the middle of your circle. Now, does that mean that you have to go off and join a Benedictine monastery? I know a lot of Benedictine monks are awesome. Um, so if you're called that way, go. It's a great way of life. But, you know, not for many of us. It doesn't mean you have to go sit on top of a mountain and, and you know, uh, pray, you know, six times a day. Having God in the middle of your life is being open to see Christ in your life. And, and that, was a, that was a practice in your life already mm-hmm. that anyone could pick up, yes. that practice of yeah. trying to be in the presence of God. That pra- yes. That's prayer, being in the presence of God, yes. just lifting your heart up to God, as St. Augustine yes. said. So you just said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, throughout the day, be in the presence of God, yeah. and interesting enough, we're always in the presence of God, but when we perceive it, the grace comes in. Then. Well, and that's the beauty of it, is you're exactly right. So, and that's the, the, maybe the oldest lie that the serpent told in the garden, is you're in the middle of your circle. Just take a bite of this apple and you'll be in the middle. And we know it's not true, and we know God is always with us. And so the funny thing about it is, is just seeing that, and being open to see it, and, and maybe that's some wisdom that I've had in my life now looking backwards, that maybe for younger people it's harder to see um, that God is always there and to look and listen and, and really be open. And then the, the other piece of it then is once you see it, once you can see how, how you know, there's grace all around you, the, the other big piece, that, and this is as I've gotten older, is just gratitude. Just sitting back and being thankful. And th- those two, those are the big, you know, if you can hear God and you can see Him in your life and in the world, and not, not in a big shining light and a dove coming down, that would be awesome. But what about in the person in the office next to you? Sitting in the cube, typing away in Excel. Or the bank teller, or your children. Or, you know, there He's everywhere. And if you can see that, you can see that little bit, um, it just makes your world a, a much richer place, at least for me, my so now, world much richer Now that you experience that peace um, on the battlefield yeah. in what uh, I have never seen on TV depicted accurately mm. of, a, of a mud storm yeah. in a sandstorm yeah. in a firefight mm. in, a, in a foxhole mm-hmm. or a ditch. That's yeah. not even a foxhole. That's not even as secure as right. a foxhole. Right. Uh, worried about other people around you, unable to help, feeling totally helpless in a world way, mm-hmm. in, a, in an action way, totally against your makeup, because I know you, mm. uh, and then you get this peace. That's, that's, that's something that many people would love to have right now. Yeah. And, and you found that because of his voice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So how did that, how does that translate? I mean, again, we're talking about that, I don't want to, Shanghai, your parable, because it's your personal right, parable. Right. But but what else do I need to know then? Is that all I need to know? Is that I can find peace in Christ? Hmm. No, I think you have to live it out. 
And so, but but I would say this is um, there's beauty in simplicity. It doesn't have to be, at least for me, a complicated, um, complex, you know, search. Simply trying to see, being open for me. Like looking for Christ in my life so, is, is, is a huge piece of it. And we're blessed in the church. There's so many things to pick from. We almost have a super abundance of ways to find Jesus. And you can go, for me, I, as, as, I've been, as I grew from there and over the years, you know, I think I need a lot of extra help because in my life, God has put Salesians and Benedictines and Jesuits and deacons and the Archdiocese of St. Louis and all of these, all of this just huge amounts, uh, Dominicans on top of it, St. Thomas, who's very close to, of, of routes and places you can see things. And I really love that. I love to learn. I'm a, a very, um, learning is my favorite thing. Um, but at, at base of it, where I grow the most and where I find the most is just that simple relationship. It all goes back to relationship, finding Christ in the world and having a conversation with him, having that personal conversation um, on a daily basis as you see him is, is important. That's well, I, the core. I can't leave you with that because I need okay, to know keep, more. Keep I need to know more because, because I, I'll, I've got you at a place in my, in my mind, in my image, in my heart, mm. a place of peace. And of course, it's it's hard to carry that forever. That feeling is yeah. not always going to always going to be in the same magnitude, even though it may that's still a, be that's there. It's not the beatific vision for yeah, sure. Whatever, no, right. I'm glad yeah. you didn't see it quite yet. Right. For my no, benefit, right. I got to meet you after that. Right. So so uh, then um, uh, then then it was all downhill, uphill, side hill. What was going on? It's up and down. It's consolations and des- desolations. Everybody's life is up and down all the time. Yeah. And so you think of um, now that was that was by far in my life so far, and you know, God willing, I don't have another one that gets worse. That that has been the worst moment. There's no no doubt in my life that that was the the low of the lows, which surprisingly turned into somewhat of a spiritual high point. Right, but then but then life comes, and you know, I, I got out of the Marines after that, medically retired. Um, I went to the University of Notre Dame. The the ethics professor in the business school that I was going to had a deep grounding in Ignatian spirituality and introduced me to that. So another thing kind of coming into my life at the right time. Is that and, where you heard about Ignatius, a desolation and consolation? Yeah, yeah, that's the okay. first time I was exposed to Just so to people it. know a little bit about Ignatius is mm-hmm. Ignatius of Loyola was a military person too. Well, uh, and, and this got is... Got injured in the military. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, that maybe played a little part in your in your gravitation towards Ignatius. Huh? Well, and this is the spiritual two by four, right? That oh, kind of yeah. hits you yeah, across okay. the head. That's so what I want to see. Here I am, a Marine, injured on the battlefield, recuperating and figuring out what you're going to do with your life. And in my ethics class is a person grounded in Ignatian spirituality and the Jesuits who introduces me to St. Ignatius who was injured on the battlefield and while he was recovering, 
prayed a lot about what he was going to do in his life and did much greater things than just the humble Jason Fry. But, well, but just, just that, to add a little context to it, just yeah. so the rest of us out there don't feel like we have to be injured in the battlefield to make that same journey. Yeah. Ignatius was injured in the battlefield, and as a result, as, he, as he, he convalesced the first time, he had two convalescents, the first time he convalesced, he, uh, uh, that was all fine, and he couldn't wait to get back to the court of, of uh, Spain, I think it was, and, and he couldn't wait to get back there, so he, he puts on, back then men wear tights, and he puts on his tights, and he sees this big bulge in his leg. And he's, at that time, he was so vain mm -hmm. that he decided, well, I can't be in the court like this, because even though I'm a war hero and coming back, uh, so he goes back to the doctors, mm -hmm. has them shave and break his leg again, so out of vanity, so that it won't show anymore. And it is in the second convalation that all he had was, I think, the uh, lives of the saints and the imitation of Christ. I'm that's not true. quite sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's when he had it. So, so for all of you who don't, uh, who who uh, who think, well, that's well, fine and good for Ignatius and Jason to get injured on the battlefield. I, I, my spiritually won't get to where Jason Fry's is if I'm not injured on the battlefield. There's so many times that. We have vanity of vanities that cause us to mm. have to take a step back and look at our lives. And that's what Ignatius had. So he got uh, consolation and desolation, mm -hmm. uh, those ideas. We don't have time for a program on that. Right. But that's still a part of your life is to, to be able to reflect, and that's what we've yeah. heard about you. Yeah. You're, you're a man of reflection and action. Yes. So people have ups and downs. And so, you know, I look at my life. I came back. Um, I work at Boeing in St. Louis. We've got seven children. Life is busy. And there's times where, you know, you have 10 minutes a day of, of free time. And, you know, boy, if I thought I was busy leading 170 Marines in a combat zone, try running a, a house full of seven kids, right? That'll keep you hopping. And so for me, you know, I go back and I look at that. And, and God put himself into my life. He prepared me for what was coming because in all the swirl of the day, and some days are good, and it's it's grace-filled, and you're you're just grateful. You know, you see, um, you know, your, your child sleeping at night after you do prayers, and you, you just get these moments of grace, and it's easy, and other days are really hard, and things aren't going the way you want, and you're having problems with your family, and, you know, maybe there's a little bit of friction in your marriage. I'm sure I'm the only person that ever has that. Um, there's more awesome days than bad days. But all of us live this life, and some days it's really hard. And, and just being able to, you know, take a step back and say, look at all of the blessings and find something everywhere. All you have to do is look. Christ is in so many places. There's a great... Hopkins poem about that, you know, he sees Christ on all these faces. Um, once you see it, it, it just gives you that spark. It gives you that little bit to carry on every day. And so maybe for everybody else, who I hope is never on a battlefield, that's why I was a Marine, so other Americans don't ever have to go do that, right? Um, that's the thing, is when, when you have, Ignatius calls it a cannonball moment, or maybe the Ignatian crowd does these days, when something bad happens in your life, he was hit by a cannonball in the leg. When you have that cannonball moment, it's a decision time. You know, do you, you don't have to carry that load all by yourself. You know, Christ will be there with you. And just open yourself up and look for him. And even in the day-to-day, -day, just looking for him and seeing him 
it, it, it gives me a little bit of strength every day. Some days it gives me a lot of strength. Some days, you know, maybe, maybe you don't see it, but the next day you will. Um, and you combine that with just being thankful for the things you have. And that's really how I've grown. That's the, the secret sauce of, of, you know, my spiritual journey is just grow a little bit and grow a little bit. Find um, God out in the world. Well, that's fantastic. When you're, when you're talking, I, I was kind of just letting it wash over me and what, yeah. what kind of shifted out in the, uh, in, in the pan, the gold pan, uh, so to speak, of the stream of it, was, was the fact that, that there's, if we let the world determine what's going on with us, and, and that's so easy to do, yeah. then, then you kind of get weighed down. And you don't, you're not able to look up from whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. and you're not able to, to look up. And you look, you look up, and you see Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, he's been standing there like this the whole time. Right. And he's been, he's been reaching his hand out to you every day. Right. And you just have to be able to look up and do that, but he gives you the grace to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe if I could add one little bit of salt on top of those french fries is, uh, <laughs> is I'm sorry, I just can't, I, that was a bad one. But yeah, you know, I, french fries without salt, what's that, you know? Yeah. I, is that gratitude? I just see that permeating your entire life. When yeah. you, when you, okay, let me ask you this: When you're feeling like the world is pressing in upon you, and there's one more shoe to drop would be the last shoe, so to speak. When that happens, where do you go? Mm. Mm. Well, you, you've got to go. <clears throat> my tendency is to go into myself. Like I've got to fix this. I've got to do this. I've got and in a lot of cases you do right. Like look, if your if your you know boat is flooding, start bailing, right? That's a good. Um, but boy, you gotta go back if you're if you're feeling down, or if you're weighed down, to the 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 blessings in your life. That gratitude. The, back to the gratitude, and if you can see them, seeing I think is the first part, and then. Being thankful, you know, at, at any given time, in the worst circumstance, in the a week in the fry house, we're better off, not just materially, but in this rich community that we're in, in, in a faith-filled community, than people you know, almost anywhere else. I, I tell my boys and my, my girls as they're off to their schools where they're surrounded by faith-filled people and they're in the Catholic environment, you know, just be grateful for the blessings that you have. And if you can see that and realize how privileged you are. I have a beautiful family. We've got, you know, seven children. I've got, you know, an awesome wife who I love uh, more than anything. And you're in relationship with Christ. I'm going to Mass on Sunday. He's here with me now. You know, God is holding the world in the palm of his hand. If he, if he stops, you know, we're, we're poof, off all, we, all of us go. And if you just take a step back and realize that you're living in that environment um, and that Christ is there for you, he came down into the world for us to, it, to be that person, then, then it, that, that, that's what gets me through, Tom. It, do, it doesn't sound like it, it, it should be that simple, does it? it? But it is that simple. I mean, yeah. you're, 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 you're a living testament to being, like you said earlier, I just yeah. simply want to be in his presence. Yeah. I just simply want to receive his grace. I do that because if I praise God 
then I start understanding, mm -hmm. if I'm listening to you appropriately here, yeah. that I begin to understand more who God is and who I'm not. Yeah. And that space of humility is like a door opening to His grace, yeah. is it not? It is. Oh, well, and, and it's and it's it's maybe the 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 beauty of what the church then shows us is it is for me it is very hard, but it is very simple. You know, hitting a, a golf ball straight on a three hundred and fifty yard drive, or what, I'm not a golfer, is a simple act very hard right and so just because something simple doesn't mean that it's easy but the cool thing is is we have so many examples you can go back to people who just simply loved Jesus think of St. Therese or we have so many you think of you know, you walk into church I particularly like older churches with lots of statues because it feels like a family album when you walk in you're like hey you know Anthony how's it going and hey Francis and we're, hey, we're, Joe, we're making a place right. over here for Jason right well, well you might as well uh, you're just a pre-saint. Uh, pre-saint, uh, if, if I was blessed enough to be. Well, so, the saint is in heaven. That's true. Pre-saint. But the other really cool thing about it is, then in we can find that simplicity in a lot of people who have gone before us. But, boy, if you are an academic person who wants to just ponder the complexity of the universe, pile on to St. Thomas. We have There's all this richness. It's as deep as you want to go. But I think it all goes back to that just simple faith and trust and gratitude. That's the basis of a relationship. You know, think maybe I think, Tom, the same thing in a relationship if you, with, with a spouse or with a really good friend. You can wrap all kinds of things around it. You know, you can go on trips or you can go with your buddies to the ball game or you can go, you know, fly around the world or you can have all these other things and gifts and presents and all these. But what really makes those relationships matter is two people knowing that they care for each other and are invested in the good of the other, right? It's that simple relationship. And, and boy, for me, that simple relationship, now obviously, you know, Christ is much more invested in my good. Uh, it's a little more one way than in two people. But that, that, that simple relationship, who's at the middle of your circle? Are you looking for them? Dated? Are you talking to them? And are you grateful for the gifts you got? Boy, that's a that's a... Uh, powerful way to be, I think. Boy, what a great, what a great personal parable! What a great way to be able to 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 live Christ into the world. And as you live Christ into the world, I could go on and on for more than just a couple of minutes about about what that looks like no. to see you in our church. What that looks like to see you with your family. Mm. What that looks like to see you in your workplace. Um, but I don't have to. I don't have to. Mm. And the reason why I don't is because you've given us that roadmap, that roadmap that Jesus gave us. He really wasn't too, um, as, as deep as he was in as many different ways you can look at every parable, yeah. he really was giving us a simple message of always turning over to the Father, yeah. of always being grateful. He, I can do nothing except what the Father allows me to do. Uh, always doing that. And that parable is so close to his I really want to thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Happy okay. to do so. God bless you. Thank you.